Candy from Strangers by Mark Coggins is original, smart, and good to the last page, says best-selling author and executive producer of the hit TV series Bosch, Michael Connolly. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com. Chapter 26 A Scandal in Scandinavia The San Francisco Municipal Railway, or Muni for short, is justifiably proud of its fleet of cable cars, but its boast of having the largest trolley bus fleet of any transit agency in the U.S. and Canada is a more dubious distinction. As you might guess, Trolley buses are the bastard offspring of buses and trolleys. Rubber-tired vehicles with motors powered by electricity from overhead wires. This sounds fine in concept, until the pair of hinged poles that connects the bus to the wires jump off track, something that never seems to happen to the trolleys that run on rails, leaving the trolley bus stranded in the middle of the street. A number 24 bus was stranded exactly this way in front of the Castro Street Victorian that housed Chris Stuckworth's apartment. The long trolley poles bounced, disconnected on their springs, making the bus look like a confused insect with its antenna waving feebly in the air. I jogged across the street, past the cursing muni driver who was just climbing out to reattach the poles, and up to the entrance of Chris's apartment. He buzzed me in without responding to the crack I made about selling Boy's Life subscriptions on the speaker dingus, and I hiked up the three flights of stairs to his cramped little garret. The door was standing open. I'm in the back, shouted a voice from the interior. Check out the laptop on the coffee table. The couch next to the coffee table was upholstered in a shiny blue material, had lots of swoopy-doopy lines, and generally gave the impression of a daybed in a harem. I sat down gingerly in one corner and hefted the computer from the table. Its screensaver cleared immediately to reveal the website of another young woman. She was an attractive blonde who appeared to have a lot of the same interests as Carolyn. Art, photography, gifts from strangers, but she seemed more mature and certainly appeared to have a better facility for web design. The menu structure of her site was easier to navigate and the layout was cleaner and more stylish. The colors were a little wild a lot of day-glow greens and yellows from the 60s, but I could forgive her this after the gloomy goth coloration of Carolyn's and Monica's efforts. The one thing that troubled me was that the girl seemed faintly familiar, but as often as I might have wished for it, I knew that I hadn't run across any art students named Britta visiting from Sweden. How did you find her? I shouted in the direction of Chris's bedroom. I heard a scraping of closet hangers, then, She's a perfect match, isn't she? came the muffled response. She's into art, photography, and she's even here on a visa like the Japanese girl. I put the laptop back on the table and tried to find a comfortable perch on the couch without getting prone. If you mean a match like a bullseye painted on her back, I agree. It'd probably be a very good idea to warn her. But back to my question. How did you find her? Some magical incantation you typed in a search engine? No, said Chris. 
sounding a little less muffled. There are lots of web directories for cam girls. It would be very easy for the killer to search for art students with cam girl sites in the Bay Area, or San Francisco for that matter. As it happens, the only one extant is Brita. I heard a long zipper going up, but that's more by design than by happenstance. Chris, or should I say Brita, stepped out from behind the bedroom door. He wore an orange Kalnak sweater over a turquoise miniskirt and matching turquoise tights. Soft leather boots that came just over the ankle filled the bill in the footwear department, and in the wig department, a short muff of blonde hair styled in an artfully haphazard urchin cut. His makeup was dramatic without being over the top, and all in all he looked like a shorter, younger Sharon Stone out for a romp in 1960s garb. I was hopping mad. What the hell is this? I demanded. It's last year's Marc Jacobs. I got it at Lowman's for a hundred bucks. I'm not talking about the fucking designer fashions. I'm talking about you interfering in my investigation after I told you to stay out of it. He made a little pshaw gesture. Don't be silly. I've been helping you every step of the way. Who hacked Carolyn's computer for you? Who tracked down Skitter's pigeon? Me, your faithful Indian companion. My tongue strayed to the sharp point on my partial plate, enraging me further. I ask you explicitly to help me with those things. I did not ask you to set up a website to lure sickos. The idea is ridiculous. No one, least of all the killer, is going to go for it. If you accomplish anything, it will just be to warn him off. He spun on his boot heel and marched out of the room. When he came back, he was cradling two arms full of Amazon.com packages. He flung them onto the couch where three quarters of them tumbled onto the floor and the remainder piled to a stop against my leg. Where do you think these came from? He said. Publisher's Clearinghouse? I looked at him lovely for a moment, not saying anything. I sighed and picked up the box closest to me. It had been opened and then folded closed again. Inside was a cylindrical bottle of frosted glass with a silver top that was meant to look like it contained something pretty special. The something was Cellular Retexturizing Booster, which I guessed was another name for skin cream. How much does this gunk go for? I asked. Chris gave a smile that would have been seductive if I hadn't known a little too much about what he had under his designer togs. A hundred and fifty bucks a bottle, and worth every penny, big boy. You don't want your Swedish cutie getting wrinkles. No, I suppose not. So these gifts have been coming from visitors to your site just like with Carolyn. Yep. How long have you been engaged in this little enterprise? Just a few days. I tried to tell you about it when you called to ask me to copy Carolyn's site. And you're sure your visitors have no idea that you're a man? He laughed. Not unless they're fantasizing about some very unusual things involving my cat. For instance, one of them made a suggestion about shaving my... I waved my hands. Okay, stop right there. I get it. Has anybody written anything that suggests he could be responsible for what happened to Carolyn and Monica? Asked you to get together with them, maybe? Talked about tattoos? Chris sat down on the far end of the couch and smoothed his skirt over his legs. He plunked his elbows on his knees and rested his chin between his fists. Not so far. I've been looking for that, of course. The fact of the matter is, I've been surprised how mundane and repetitive most of the correspondence is. There appears to be very little that's unique or creative in the way of depravity these days. Anyone named Cricket or something similar contacted you? No. No crickets, grasshoppers, or locusts have emailed or sent gifts. Why do you ask? I recapped my session with Odile, 
ending with a reference to Cricket she had heard on Carolyn's recorded phone conversation. But even if Cricket's not the one, I said, Odile seemed pretty convinced that the killer would turn out to be somebody who knew Carolyn and Monica from before. Which is what you thought. Yes, and while I grant you I underestimated your ability to entice heterosexual perverts into sending you gifts, it does make me think you're wasting your time trying to flush out the killer this way. You won't have any personal connection to him. Chris straightened and swung one leg smartly over the other. Well, it's not a complete waste of time. I'm absolutely cleaning up when it comes to makeup and lingerie. Yes, but... And more to the point, I found something else that suggests the website is more likely to succeed than you think. The Japanese girl had one too. She did? How did you find out? It wasn't hard once I had the idea to look for it. I was backing up Carolyn's site to my hard drive like you asked, and it struck me that the girl, Mika is her name, might have had a site too. As I said, there are a lot of directories for camgirl sites, and it was relatively easy to find one for a Japanese art student going to school in the U.S. Was it in English? Part was, and the rest was in Japanese. I couldn't read anything in the Japanese section, of course, but there were some pretty racy photos there. The English section was tamer. Chris pulled the laptop across the table and typed something on the keyboard. Anything else about the site that occurs to you to ask? I looked down at one of the Amazon.com boxes on the floor and nudged it idly with my toe. A squat amber bottle of perfume flopped out and fell with a clunk to the floor. Not particularly. I assumed she was soliciting gifts? Yes, but her wish list was on the Amazon Japanese storefront, so it was harder to figure out what she was requesting. But that's not what you should have asked. What you should have asked is whether the site had been defaced. Chris spun the computer around so that I could see the screen. On it was a depressingly familiar image. The bare shoulder of the Japanese girl with a tattoo of a butterfly and the start of the dragon's tongue. There was a label in Japanese beneath the photograph. What's it say? Chris bit his tangerine-glossed lip. It took a while to find out somebody to translate it, but I did. It says, unfinished work. I slumped against the crazy curved back of the couch, half of my spine against the upholstery and half against the wall. So he did the same thing to all of them. I wonder if the cops know about this. My guess is not, or they would have had the site taken down like they did Carolyn and Monica's. I spent a little time trying to analyze the HTML that he changed on both sites to see if there was anything distinctive we could trace back to him, but I didn't have much luck. What do you mean, analyze the HTML? What you see in the browser is what you get, isn't it? Not really. HTML stands for Hypertext Markup Language. It's a sort of code for the browser to render when you type in the address of a web page. You never see the HTML directly unless you select View Source from the menu. Anyway, the thing about HTML is that it's very flexible. There are many different ways to code a page to achieve the same final appearance. Most people use an editor, like Microsoft Front Page, to develop their HTML, and each of the editors has a distinctive style of HTML coding that you can often trace back to them. Some of them also leave comments in the HTML with the editor name and version. Hmm, seems a little thin. What would we do even if we could tell what editor he used? It's not quite the same as finding the typewriter somebody used to type a ransom note. There must be thousands, or maybe millions of copies of any editor. Yeah, I guess it was a stretch, said Chris, and then got a sort of pinched look on his face. I thought maybe one of his garters had popped, but he said, There was one thing and spun the laptop back around. He did some more typing, muttered, I thought so, and then said loudly, 
It's there too. He pushed the computer back at me. Take a look at that. There wasn't much to see. A couple of windows with some gibberish between angle brackets was all I could get out of it. The interesting bit was apparently an identical line that was highlighted in each. Chirp, chirp. If that's important, I said, then you're going to have to explain it. That means about as much to me as the Japanese caption. Chris reached over to pat me on the leg. Don't worry, I like you for your strong back, not your brains. That's an HTML comment. Web page developers insert it into the HTML when they want to explain something about the code to people who are going to maintain it or modify the page later. The words between the dashes comprise the actual comment text, but it never actually shows up in the browser when the page is rendered. So? So the person who defaced Carolyn and Monica's site, as well as the Japanese girl, went out of their way to put that in the updated HTML. And guess what kind of animal makes it chirp? A cricket? I unpeeled myself from the back of the couch. He signed his work? Chris nodded. In effect, now at least you know your French psychiatrist friend was right. It's the guy Carolyn was talking to on the phone. I pushed the Amazon.com boxes on the couch to one side, stood and waded through the ones on the floor to a spot in front of the coffee table. Well, thank you for that. That's the kind of help I can use. I still think you're wasting your time with a website, though. And please don't do anything else without clearing it with me first, okay? Chris looked down at his skirt and picked at the fringe on his hem. Okay, it's just that I've been a little at loose ends. Hambert and I broke up. I thought you said he didn't ship out for another week. He doesn't, but he said he was afraid of being outed. Said I was too flamboyant for him. Chris bit his lip again and moisture collected at the corner of one eye. I've got hat boxes that are further out of the closet than he is. I was tired and I wanted to get home, but I walked back over to Chris and punched him lightly on the shoulder. Come on, Britta, hitch up your girdle and I'll take you out for dinner. Maybe you can meet a new sailor boy. We went to Asia SF, a restaurant where gender illusionists, who double as a waitstaff, perform on a platform runway. Chris didn't meet any sailors, but he did exchange phone numbers with our waiter-waitress, a blushing Chinese lotus blossom in a high-collared silk dress with long slits up the sides. All I exchanged was a large pile of cash for the bill. You have been listening to Candy from Strangers, a book Mystery Scene magazine described as crackling and whip smart. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com. Mm-hmm.